The word essential is defined as absolutely necessary, extremely important. The word fulfilling is defined as absolutely necessary. Extremely important. I don't know what you're doing, but go back to where you were before and leave it there, please. The word essential is defined as absolutely necessary, extremely important. Samuel Beckett said that the essential doesn't change. Some things in life are just essential and necessary for life, growth, and development. James Cash Penny said, the art of effective listening is essential to clear communication. Pat Summit said, Accountability is essential to personal growth. You need someone honest enough to tell you what you don't want to hear. <laughs> that, that there has to be someone in your life who can tell you the tough truth and could care less if you are angry if you are upset, if you pout and don't speak for a minute. John Rome said, reading is essential for those who seek to rise above the ordinary. And it is still a sad indictment when people will watch TV and watch Facebook and watch Instagram and watch each other but never pick up a book to develop themselves mentally, spiritually, and emotionally. Different points of view are essential for progress, said Wisdom Massah. And as you grow and develop in life and in ministry, you understand everybody doesn't have to see life the way you see life. And everybody won't see God the way you see God. But just because we see God, life, and things different does not mean we have to fall out. As most of you know, I'm in seminary and I go to a liberal seminary and uh, I tell my classmates, we go to class to listen and to learn, but not to argue. It is in this setting where I have met different classmates from across the religious spectrum and they have pulled me beyond my Baptist thinking. Not to say I'm wrong and they're right or they're right and I'm wrong. But guess what? It pulls us to a place where we think every human being has the right to think.
how they want to think. Some things are just essential. So, this is essential. Water is essential. Toothpaste. <laughs> Mouthwash. Deodorant. They're essential. And by your lack of a man there, I'm a tad bit nervous now. <laughs> there are some things in life that are just simply essential. Peace is essential. As a matter of fact, Nikki will tell you, uh, I am such, I, I, I am, su I, I am, I am in a good place in my life so much so until when she comes home with funeral home issues. I tell sis, go on now. I'm going to listen to you one time. But I'm living a drama-free life now. I, 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 peace is essential. I, 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 I like, don't you like peace? And, and maybe you can't shout that because you have lived in dysfunction for so long that peace bothers you. I like peace. I like peaceful people. I don't like drama, chaos, and food. I like peace. Salvation, my friend, is essential for eternal life. Because you don't get there by proxy. You don't get there based upon what you have or what you drive or where you live. You get there because Christ is your Savior. And the acceptance of Christ Jesus as your Savior is essential for your eternal life. Some things are just essential. They are absolutely necessary. They are extremely important. Real friends. Are essential. Not, not, not. Not Facebook family. Real friends. Not, not, not folk you share a latte with once a week, once a month. Real friends. Real friendship is essential because you're going to need somebody in the trenches called life with you who won't abandon you when all hell breaks loose. And maybe you can't shout there because you have no clue what real friendship is. Real friendship is, I'm mad at you. We done cussed each other out. But I heard your mama die. So I'm right there holding your hand in your space, in your face, because you're my real friend. 
And in this text, there are some things that were essential. They had to happen. They were necessary before the coming of the Holy Ghost. He's gone now. He's gone now. Jesus is gone and now he is seated on the right hand of the Father making intercessions on our behalf. But guess what? The work of the church has just begun. The church is about to be born. But before the church can be born, some things had to happen. Um, I, I don't, I don't, I don't cook. But but if 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 Nikki left, I wouldn't starve. <laughs> I, I I'd make up something to get along. Um, I wouldn't starve. I'd, I'd make up something. And um, my mother has still to this day a recipe box. And certain things have to go in the cake or it will be incomplete. Um, this is a recipe for the coming of the Holy Ghost. When you look at verse 12, the Bible says, Then they returned to Jerusalem. Don't miss this. The first essential was the obedience. They returned to Jerusalem as they were instructed because Jesus told them to go back and wait. Watch this. If they had gone to any other city Besides Jerusalem, they would have missed it. How many blessings have you missed? Because you went to the wrong place at the wrong time when Jesus told you, wait. How many blessings have you missed? Because Jesus told you, shut your mouth. But you opened your mouth. How many blessings have you forfeited and missed? Because Jesus told you, say I'm sorry, even though you are right. But you had too much pride. And so now you, ma'am, you, sir, have missed multiple blessings because you were disobedient. Maybe you quiet today because you know you are disobedient. And you know, something about disobedience makes you try to pass the book. And blame other people for your shortcomings. They returned back to Jerusalem. And they had to wait. 
Who am I talking to right now? You, ma'am, you, sir, are in a waiting game. In the words of Kurt Carr, you are stuck between here and there. And God has you in a place called wait. T.D. Miller said, the hinges that open the door of God's power is called obedience. And why in the church? As you look at me so quietly and stoically, why is it you demand obedience from your children, but yet you don't give God what you demand? You want your child to do what you say when you say without explanation. And yet you don't have the same reverence or respect for God. Obedience, Leroy. One day I was going to meet a friend um, for a cigar, and um, I got to my refrigerator. And Amari, God said, "Don't go." Well, my friend, our weekly hangout cigar appointment, and God said today, "Don't go." I heard him. Call my dude, hey man, can't come, you good, I'm good, you sick, no, I'm, I'm, I'm good, what's wrong, just can't come. And I went to my office upstairs, said, God, why couldn't I go? And God said, you couldn't have gone, but I told you not to go, just to see if you would still listen to me. Sometimes, church, God protects us from things and danger we can't see. And the question is, do you have uh, the indulgence and the response and, and the receptiveness to be obedient to do what you don't understand? I've had to say I'm sorry to people who hurt me out of obedience. I've had to shut my mouth when I wanted to cuss everybody out out of obedience. I've had to put my right hand in my pocket just not Out of obedience. I left a church after 19 years. Out of obedience. And being obedient ain't always popular, but it's necessary. If they would have gone anywhere else, they would have missed the blessing. And maybe you can't shout there because you know you have missed some blessings. Because you have gone to the wrong place and you have disobeyed the voice of God. The time is far spent, but secondly, when you read verse number 13, it's a simple verse that most people will say, 
There is no preaching there. Because verse, verse 13 says, when they entered the city, they went upstairs where they were staying, Peter and John and James and Philip, Andrew and Thomas, Bartholomew, Matthew, James, son of the Phaeus, and Simon the Zealot, and Judas, uh, son of James. Ain't, ain't no preaching there, is it? All, all, all he did was call out some names. Ain't, ain't, ain't nothing there. Ain't, ain't no meat on that bone. But, but I found some. And that is one word. Ordinary. God uses ordinary people to do extraordinary things. Here it is. God chooses us not because we are special or gifted, but simply because he wants to. That burning bush was ordinary. It, it was nothing new for Moses to see a bush catch on fire. It was dry. That, 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 that happened several times in a day. But what was unique about this bush, it was chosen by God. It was chosen, available. It was chosen by God. Friend, don't ever think God needs you. It is a gift from God that he has given to you to use for his glory. And some of you will fail to use what you have for the glory of God. Because you'll say stuff like, I can't sing like Mario. I can't sing like Leroy. I can't play like Brother White. I can't, I can't do what they do. Listen, God has never called you to be a replica of anybody. And when you try to operate and live some, like someone else, you are telling God, God, you didn't have enough sense to give me everything I needed to be me. Maybe you can't shot that because we live in a world of fake people. But guess what, y'all? It's cheaper to be real. Fake is a part of life. I ain't going to bother nobody. But fake is a part of life. But God needs real ordinary people who say, I don't have much gift. I ain't special. But God, if you choose to use me, here am I, send me, I'll go. Abraham was ordinary. Isaac was ordinary. Jacob was ordinary. Peter was sure enough ordinary. Matthew was ordinary. 
Paul was brilliant, but he was ordinary. And you, my friend, you are ordinary. But guess what? God uses ordinary people. Why? Because he wants to. But second of all, they have a desire to be used. I told me Michael McKay, um, one day I was in a mood to listen to Mike's music. And so I spent the entire evening listening to Mike's music, all I could find. When I got through, I sent Mike a text and said, Mike, thank you for what you've done. And do me a favor. Die empty. See, some of y'all can't shout because you're going to die full. Because you refuse to empty yourself of the gifts and the gift things that God has placed in your life. I want God to take me empty. Empty of every gift he has poured into me. I don't want to die with nothing else I could have done. Or I should have done. I'm just an ordinary preacher from Louisiana. I ain't special. I ain't gifted. I ain't the best at what I do. But I'm available. And friends, my challenge to you today is this. Are you available? Here it is. Available people will serve minus the spotlight. People who are available will serve and could care less if their name is called. Available people will give their all to God and his bride called the church and don't care if they ever get a pair or a certificate and maybe you can't shout that at, because guess what? You are so concerned if pastor will ever call your name. It don't matter if I call your name down here. Just make sure God call your name up there. I'm done. We got to have Sunday school. Kids, the kids got to go. I don't want to make them late. But when you read verse number 14, and I'm done, we see one word called oneness. Watch this, church. All these were constantly devoting themselves to prayer. Fellowship, we cannot be a strong church if we are divided. Those who are praying, watch this, 
were not praying for Pentecost. Because Pentecost was going to come. Because the prophet Joel had said it was going to come. It had to come. What they were praying for was this. When Pentecost showed up, make us ready to receive the power that you're going to send us. Make us ready and available to receive the instructions that you're going to give us. They were, they were one. And do you not know what is killing the church today? Most especially the African American church is because we are in one building, but we are scattered. We are inside together, but we ain't together inside. The black church is dying and suffering because like Paul said, you have divisions among you. Paul said, some of y'all want to follow Peter. Some want to follow me. And some of y'all don't want to follow nobody. And y'all know I ain't lying. That is the average black church today. Why? Because you got this group over here. This group over here. This family don't like this family. This clique don't like this clique. If you fool with her, you can't fool with us. If you mad with him, now we all, how sophomoric and silly can you be? I ain't mad at nobody who ain't bothered me. And that's the problem with the church. But guess what? That won't be a problem here. Why? Because we are a family. And although we may see life and church and ministry different, there will be no factions here. There will be no cliques here. We gonna pray together. We gonna worship together. We gonna fall out together. We gonna come back together. We gonna preach together. We gonna dance together. We gonna say I'm sorry together. We're going to say, I love you together. Why? Because the Holy Ghost only showed up when they were together. And I don't know why you come here. But I come here because I want God to move. I want God to bless us. I want God to save folks. I want chains and yokes to be destroyed. I want God to move. I'm too old to play dress up. I'm too old to play dress up. I'm too old to get up and just come to church to see what you got on. I'm too old to come here just to hear who you don't like, who you can't stand. I'm too old. I'm, look, 
here. I'm nearing 50 years old. I don't have time for that. I'm just glad God saved me. I'm just glad God kept me. I'm just glad he keep on making a way. And when I come to God's house, I heard someone say, I was glad. When they said unto me, let us go. To the house of the Lord. Why? Because he's been good to us. You have survived the pandemic. And some of you all had the virus. And you survived. You didn't survive cancer and strokes and depression and wrecks and unemployment and divorce. You survive ostracism and criticism. So when you come to God's house, check all your baggage at the door and come in God's house and worship him in the spirit and the beauty of his holiness. Those things were essential. They had to be obedient. They were ordinary people. But they were in one room. Praying. Now if anybody shouldn't have been together. It should have been them. Why? Because Peter had acted a fool. But Jesus saved him and restored him. Don't allow people's past to hinder us from accepting them. Because we all got a past. I can't hear nobody. We all have a past. Amen. We got to be on one accord. We have to be obedient. And everybody in this room is a gift from God. No big eyes, no little use. We're all family. And we have to love each other as that. And not think one 